Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. Uh, but every morning I go to P- or every Saturday morning I go to Pete's, and I always order two things. I, I order a Havana cappuccino, which if you've never had, it is definitely the way to go. But I also order uh, something to eat. You know, that's my breakfast time. I do this every Saturday morning, just about. And every breakfast time, every time I walk in there, I am faced with a decision. Because they have this rack that is full of these delicious things to eat. And so I ask myself, do I want the absolutely delicious baked spiced apple monkey bread? Seriously, doesn't that look good? Oh, it smells heavenly. Do I want that with my coffee or do I want oatmeal? I don't know. I have oatmeal at home. I certainly don't have that golden deliciousness at home. And so every, mo- every Saturday morning that I go, I have to make a decision. What am I going to get? Am I going to get something like this spiced apple monkey bread? You see it even has the glaze on it? Or... Do I get myself some very delicious and very healthy uh, creamy steel-cut oatmeal, whole grain, with flaxseed? Decisions. Both of these are moral, although if you taste that, you might say it's immoral. But both of these are moral. Both of them are legal. So which is the wise decision to make? Which one do you think I made? See, you're <laughs> you want to say this, right? But I, this is empty. I had oatmeal this morning. Uh, yeah, I'm putting it back in the bag, so some of you need to just stay away. What we talked about and what we've been talking about through this whole series is What does it mean to be wise, right? And from the very beginning, we started off and we said this, that being wise means applying wisdom. And if you have been uh, following along with us, because in the very first week, I challenged you to to come and read with us one proverb every day. And if if you've read through every day, or if you've never, if you haven't done that, but you've ever read any of the verses that are in the book Uh, of wisdom. It's known as the book of wisdom of Proverbs. If you've ever read any of them, then you know that there's lots of little nuggets in there that are actually, you know, when you think about it, that's, that's actually a wise thing to do. But see, it's not enough to have the wisdom. You've got to find a way to apply it because it's wisdom that guides us. It's wisdom that helps us to make the right decisions. Because the fact is, most of the decisions that you're going to make that are going to significantly affect your life are not moral decisions. Most of the decisions that you're going to make that are going to affect your life are not legal decisions. They're decisions like, do I marry this person? 
Or do I move to this city? Or do I take on this project? Or do I accept this job? Do I eat this oatmeal that's healthy? Or this delicious thing? Right? Which one do we do? Because that's where wisdom has to come into play. We, we don't have to think about the, the, the moral issues. We don't have to think about the legal issues. Those are the things that are just right in front of us and they're really obvious. It's how do we make the wise decisions on the things that aren't, on the things that could go either way, on the things that, that are, are tough to make, and either one could be good. In the first week, we talked about how the word for guidance that is used in the, in the book of Proverbs comes from the root word meaning ropes, and how ropes in this time that it was written were used for navigation. And so people would use ropes on their boats in order to navigate their boat. And this was the same word that, that was used in this text to talk about guidance. So how do we get guidance? How do we get God's navigation in our lives so that when we come to these places in our lives where we have to make that decision, where a decision comes before us and both or all of the options in front of us seem equally good or seem equally acceptable, how do we make the right decision? So we're going to look at a few verses here in Proverbs, and uh, the first one we're going to look at is this, and it says this, it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Now, the phrase good planning and hard work is, it's talking about being strategic, it's talking about being thoughtful, about considering the decisions that you have to make, and then it contrasts that with this word hasty, which is like impulsive. Right? It's like that dark chocolate Twix bar that they always put at the counter at Safeway so that as you're trying to be healthy, it's there staring at you and saying, eat me, buy me. <laughs> so hasty, he's talking about something impulsive. And, and, and what the writer here is saying is he's saying, listen, instead of letting life happen to you, plan ahead. Instead of just sitting there and letting things come at you, be strategic about how you Make decisions, because what you do, your actions, will affect your life. And that makes sense, right? Our choices matter. When, when we make decisions, we, there are repercussions, and we want those repercussions to be good, and so we want to make good decisions. But then look what it says here. It says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. This is why I don't play roulette anymore. Uh, not roulette, that other game. I better not say that word. You know which one I'm talking about, right? With the dice, you throw it on the table. Apparently, the Lord determines how they fall, right? So that one and two that came up when I rolled was the Lord determining how they fell. Now, in the, the translators, when they translated this, what they did was they, they used a, a phrase that, that we would know today, but in the original translation, it was, uh, they cast lots, and casting lots was a very similar thing to, to rolling dice. It was a way for them to decide something. Uh, they used like little stones, and, and we use dice today. But, but if, if this were 2000, and, or if we were in 2018 and we were still casting lots, casting lots would be like what they would use to decide who's going to kick off at the Super Bowl, right? It was their way of making a decision. And so he says, 
we may throw the dice. We may the one, be the one who's doing the action. But every roll of the dice comes out exactly as how God planned it. He's saying even the smallest details in your life come out exactly as God plans it. Amen. Now, so which is it? Is it that we are completely in charge, our, 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 all of our actions have consequences, and so everything that we do, there's a result, and, and we completely make decisions, and all of the results of those decisions are just from, from what we decide? Or is it on the other side where everything is set by God, that no matter what we do, God already has a plan? Which one is it? Do our decisions determine our destiny, or, or, or do we believe that even the smallest details, they're already fixed? And it doesn't matter what choices we make, that everything is already set. Now, as humans, we tend to believe either one or the other. We tend to believe that we're either fully in control, whatever decisions we make, that's what happens, or we tend to believe that God is completely in control and everything that happens is, is uh, you may hear church people say this, everything that happens is the will of God. And it's God completely. And everything God wants to happen, it happens, it's already set in place. But here in Proverbs, it's telling us that we are both completely free our, our actions have res results, they have consequences, and at the same time, everything is completely fixed. At the same time. And I think for us sometimes when we think about that, it's, it's hard to, to get that. How can it be both? How can my actions completely determine the things that happen in my life and that everything that happens is completely set by God. And this is the challenge we have when we think about Proverbs and we think about wisdom. Because one of the things that we tend to believe, especially if you have been reading through Proverbs or if you've ever read through Proverbs, one of the things that we tend to believe is this, is that if we follow all of those guidelines, then we're set. All we have to do is just do the do's and don't do the don'ts, and we're set. And that, unfortunately, takes God completely out of it. Now look at this. Uh, this is, he's continuing on and he says this. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. We can make our own plans. And other translations, it says, the Lord places it on our tongue. In other words, the things that we say, the words that come out of our mouths, that we can make decisions about what it is that we want to communicate, but the Lord gives the right answer. He also says this. He says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, your plans, they're yours. Your choices, they're yours. You are responsible for them. No one is forcing you to do them. The God isn't forcing you to do them. They are your plans. So you do something stupid, you have to live with the results. You do something selfish, you have to live with the re results. You do something reckless, you have to live with the results because they're your plans. And people will hold you accountable for your decisions, and they should. But what actually happens 
What actually happens, the result of those plans, as we saw in the previous verse, the things that we say, or in this verse, the things that we do, all of the results are all set by God. The results are set by God. In other words, nothing happens that isn't part of God's plan. Now I know, it gets a little bit confusing here. So I need you to track with me for a second. Because your plan belongs to you. Your choices belong to you. But what happens is already set. All of those things all work together Not 50-50. Not half the time your decisions are coming into play and half the time God is working. Not 80-20, mostly God. God's in there and he's kind of trying to keep you in line. But it's 100% all your decisions and 100% set by God at the same time. And we have trouble comprehending that. Tim Keller, who I've quoted often and who much of our series is based on several of his books, he he talks about it like this, that there is this this, uh, thing in literature where we see the two extremes. There's the uh, old Greek story of Oedipus. And Oedipus, when he was a child, was told by the seer that he was going to kill his father and marry his mother. He knew it as a child. That's what he was told. So he lived his entire life to avoid killing his father and marrying his mother. Every decision that he made was to avoid killing his father and marrying his mother. And at the end, he killed his father and he married his mother. He knew what was going to happen. He was told what was going to happen. He made decisions to try to not make it happen. And in the end, he did it. His destiny was set. His choices did not matter. But also in literature, you have the character Marty McFly. And I love the Back to the Future movies. And I'm so glad that Tim Keller does too, because we can really connect on that. But at the end of the trilogy of Back to the, um, Back to the Future movies, Doc Brown is talking to Marty McFly, and he says this. He says, your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. And that is what we want to believe. We want to believe that our future is in our hands, that we have some impact on how our future ends up. And so these are the two extremes that the writer in Proverbs is trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us that it's both set and both completely free at the same time. So how is it that we hold these two together? Because it seems like we can't hold this together. But you know what? We already do. In your mind, whether you believe it or not, We already do. You already know because, listen, if you really thought that it was completely one way or completely the other way, you couldn't live a normal life. Think about it. If there was absolutely no connection to your actions and the results of your actions, then you wouldn't care. You wouldn't have any reason to get up out of bed. right? Why go to work? It's already been set whether or not your bills are going to be paid. Why date? It's already, gonna be, it's already been set who you're going to marry. If we really thought that everything was already planned, that there was nothing that we could do about it because it's already been set, then we wouldn't care about living life. And we wouldn't care about the things that we do. We'd have no reason at all 
to care about how we lived our lives. When I was um, in my 20s, don't pay attention to this. When I was in my 20s, there was this girl, and I thought she was perfect. I, I wanted to marry this girl. I, I just, she was just everything. I thought, hmm, this is the one for me. And if I did marry her, I would have married the wrong woman. And I look back on my 20s, and I think to myself, man, and I've said this to many of you before, so this is not new, but I was a moron when I was 20. You know, I, I, I'm certainly happy that my children are a little bit more intelligent than I am because I was stupid when I was 20. I mean, when I was 20, I look back and I'm thinking maybe 75% of the decisions, of the, not the decisions, but of the things that I wanted when I was 20 would have either put me in prison or, well, probably prison. I mean, <laughs> because when you're 20, man, you just, you, you're, all of the things that you want, they're just not good for you when you're 20. They would have been wrong. They would have messed up my life if I had gotten it right, if, if, if my actions were, were what, or what I wanted determined what happened in my life. You know what freaks me out? I don't know what my percentage is now. I mean, I'd like to think it's better. I mean, I look back on my 30s, and I'm thinking maybe it's getting along, but maybe there's a, this, a dive like this, and now I'm just, every one of my decisions is bad and wrong. See, the problem is, is that we only know what percentage we're at when we're years and years and years away from it, and we can look at it, and we can go, man, I was just, I don't even know what that guy was thinking. And so right now, living where we're at right now, in our lives right now, there's no way for us to know what our percentage is. There's no way for us to know how good the decisions that we are making today are. But then here's Proverbs. And Proverbs doesn't say that your choices have no connection to your future. And it also doesn't say that your choices alone are what happens in your future. It says that God relates your choices to your future. That he is the one that fixes everything. And when we can kind of wrap our heads around this, that we're completely free, we can make the choices, we can make the decisions, and at the same time, we are completely fixed, that God is there, we can relax. The decisions that we make are no longer, you know, pulling my hair out. I can't sleep at night. I don't know what to do decisions because God is there. And then we don't have to panic because we can go out and we can make plans. And even though there's consequences, those consequences are going to be woven together by God. And so he's working things together in the background for our good. He's doing this, and we have the freedom to do whatever, make whatever decisions we want. And all of this is happening at the same time. L look what he says here. He says, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. And I've seen a lot of people quote this, and they always stop there. Because if you stop at the first part and you say, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes, that sounds good, right? We like to think that. God has made everything. It's for his purpose. But then he says, even the wicked... For a day of disaster. Now, if we hadn't just gone through the two verses before and we just read this by itself, the, the, the thing that we would think is, well, hold on, wait a second. The Lord made everything 
even the wicked? He made the bad stuff happen in my life? What kind of God is that? But remember, we just, the verses that we just looked at, it said, whose plans are they? They're not God's plans. They're our plans. We're the one that makes the plans. And if we do bad things, we're responsible for them. If we do stupid, selfish things, there are consequences. And God doesn't force us to do them. We make the decisions on our own. But no matter what decision we make, God will be there. And he will be working behind the scenes. And he will work to take our bad decisions and to turn them out for our good. That's his promise. Whatever decision we make, he works it out for our good. The, the perfect example of this in Scripture is, is a story of, of, of Joseph. And um, I don't know, some of you, you may know uh, the story of Joseph from the, um, the cartoon that was so famous, uh, that was so popular a few years ago called Joseph, King of Dreams. Who's seen that? Joseph, King of Dreams. Okay, I can see everybody. I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Okay, but some of you... Some of you know the story of Joseph from that fabulous Broadway musical starring Donny Osmond, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Now, who's seen that? You guys need to get out more. And there's probably a few of you who know the story of Joseph from uh, uh, the Bible. Yeah, because the Bible is in there. That's where the story is, right? So here's the story of Joseph. This is just a quick recap. If you've never heard the story of Joseph, you need to read it, or I really highly recommend Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. But here's the story. This is what happens. Joseph has brothers. He has 12 of them. But Joseph's father was an idiot, and Joseph's father completely favored. He showed bias to just Joseph. Now, if any of you have more than one child, you know the danger of showing favoritism to one child. Well, this guy had 13 kids, and he showed favor to just one, Joseph. And so what happened was Joseph became arrogant. He became prideful. In fact, in today's reading on, on Proverbs, it says that arrogance and pride is the same thing as doing evil. And that was what Joseph was doing. He knew that his father was favoring him, and so instead of trying to make it nice, make nice with his brothers, you know what he did? He put it right up to their face. He did stupid things. And so what happened? His brothers got tired of him. They threw him into a pit, and then they sold him into slavery. He became a slave. While he was a slave, he kind of worked his way out of it, and then he was accused of rape, and he was thrown into prison. And then while he was in prison, Pharaoh, who Pharaoh at the time was, was the ruler of the known world, Pharaoh heard of him, called him over, talked to him. There were some things that happened, and Joseph eventually became the second most powerful person in the world. He started out living in the wilderness, and he became the second most powerful person in the world. In fact, he ended up saving not only most of Egypt, most of the known world at the time, but he also saved his family, and he saved himself. But I'll bet you, that when you asked Joseph when he was in the pit if he thought that God was with him, that he would have said no, wouldn't you? I'll bet you that if you had been so sold into slavery 
and taken away from your family, and all of a sudden, these people who you don't know, and likely you don't even understand their language, you are now their slave. And if we said, hey, do you think that that's part of God's plan? Most of us would say no. And if we were sitting in a dirty prison because we had been accused of rape, which we had never done, and someone said to you, is that part of God's plan? You would have said no. And yet all of these bad things that started out from Joseph's decision to be prideful and arrogant to his brothers, because that's what started it. That's what got him into the pit. All of these bad things had to happen in order to put Joseph in the position to become the second most powerful person on earth. And so Joseph is able to look back. He's able to look back at his life, at every bad place that he had been in, every place that any one of us, any reasonable person would be in and think that God had totally abandoned them. Joseph was able to look back and say this. He's at the very end and he's talking to his brothers and he says to them this. He says, you intended to harm me. What you were doing, you intended that to be hurtful to me, but God intended it all for good. He made stupid decisions. He made stupid choices. He ended up in bad places, but every single step of the way, God was there weaving it together in the background for his good. And he acknowledged it and he said this, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Listen, do not think even for a moment that right now in your life, God is working in the background, weaving everything together for your good. No matter how it may seem to you that God is asleep, no matter how it may seem to you that God is angry at you, no matter how it may seem to you that God is just gone, God is there every single moment taking every one of our decisions, good or bad, and weaving everything together in the end for our good. And see, the thing is, is that we never see it until it's the end. When you're in it, you can't see him weaving. But when you have distance and you can look back, you can see the pattern of God working in your life if you'll let him. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. That's awesome. But wait, because if you are like me, when you read this verse, you have no idea what it means. In fact, biblical uh, commentators, many of them say that most people who read this verse think exactly the opposite of what this verse says. Because what we expect it to say is this. We expect that it says, if we ask God to bless our plans, we make plans and we say, God, bless these plans. If we lay them before him, if we dedicate our plans to him, then he will make our actions successful. That's what it says to us. But that is not what it says. In fact, it says the exact opposite. It says, commit your actions to the Lord. Commit the things that you do day in and day out. The, the actions that you take, commit those to the Lord, and then God's plans will succeed? No. It says, then your plans will succeed. 
Think about that for a second. Your plans will succeed. The business that you want to start will succeed. The degree that you want to get will succeed. The person that you want your child to marry will succeed. Your plans will succeed if you commit your actions to the Lord. Now, that word commit um, in, in the Hebrew, it's the word for leaning on, com- completely rolling yourself over on, to, to completely put all of your weight on. And see, most of us, we don't do that. We don't put all of our weight, all of, we don't completely lean on God. Most of us, when we pray, this is how we pray. God, I love you and I trust you so much. Now, will you please do this, 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 and this for me? Right? Isn't that the natural way that we pray? God, I love you. You're so great. I trust you with my life. I need you to do this, 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 and this. That's the way that we pray. Instead, what we should be saying is, God, I trust you. Whatever you give, whatever you withhold, I will accept it. See, that is the prayer of a person who completely places their trust in God. And there's a huge difference. Because sometimes we think that when God doesn't give or when God gives what we don't ask, that it's a reflection of God's love for us or God's caring for us. And that's not what it's saying. See, it's difficult because we've come so... We have become so used to controlling everything around us. We've become so used to being the one that makes all of the decisions about every little thing in our life. We do this all the time with our kids. Uh, there was a restaurant when we were living in Florida, and every, uh, just about every week after church, we would go there, and it was a buffet, as you can tell. It was a buffet. And my son, and usually my daughter too, my son and my daughter, they would go to the line and they would come back and their plates would be completely yellow because all it would have on it is mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and corn. That's all they got, that's all. Sometimes there was a little ketchup to add a little color, but every single time they would go and what they would put on it is mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and corn. And I knew that that was not a good meal for a child. I knew it. That's what they wanted, but I tried to steer them away. And so when I introduced spinach to them, they didn't like it, but now they love it. I remember introducing onions to my son for the first time, and he was like, what in the world is this? And he didn't like it, but now he loves it. See, they don't see it. From their perspective, all they want is mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and corn. But we see it. And in the same way, we don't see it when there are things that we want. We want God to do this. We want God to do that. We don't see it, but God does. He sees it. Now, here's an interesting verse because what we need to do now is I want to bring us all back down to the one thing of how do we know? How do we make decisions? How do we decide? Look at this. It says, honesty guides good people. Dishonesty guides destroys treacherous people. Now, isn't it interesting that it doesn't say God guides honest people? It says honesty guides. Honesty is the one that's doing the guiding. 
here it goes on and it says this. It says, plans go wrong for a lack of advice. Not opinion. Because there are many people in your life who are going to want to give you their opinion. I'm talking about people who have advice. Who have actual input on a situation that you're dealing with. And for many of us, we don't want advice. Because we're too proud because there are things in our lives that we know, we think we know, this is how it's supposed to go. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about humility. Honesty and humility. So how do I make good decisions? How do I know what is it that God wants me to do? How do I make the choices, the big, huge choices? And also the small, tiny choices. How do I make them? Now listen, I am not saying that you shouldn't listen to your feelings. I'm not saying that, you know, if you feel like this is where, where you need to go and, and you're not really at peace with this, that you should ignore that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go in and when you're faced with the decision that you shouldn't evaluate it. This apparently is one day's worth of calories for me. Imagine my son is five years old. And he's five years old and he wants to go out and play with his friends. So he comes up to me and he says, Papa, can I go out and play with my friends? And I'll say, okay, go out. But listen, we're going to be eating soon, so stay close by. But yeah, go out and play with your friends. That's when he's five and that we totally expect that. But now it's 16 years later and my son is 21 and he's about two hours drive away in college. What if he called me right now and he said, Papa, I want to go out and play with my friends. Is that okay? You know, I, would look, I, would, I, would, well, I wouldn't look at him. I would just be listening to him and I would be thinking to myself, come on, what are you doing calling me about this? You know your schedule. You know the things that you have to do. You know, you know what time you have available. You shouldn't be calling me and asking me these questions. You should know already. You should be able to figure it out on your own. Someone, when we first started Grace Point, someone asked me, are you sure we should plant this church? I mean, are you sure that God is in it, that God is saying for you to do that? I never answered that question because the answer that it was in my mind was no. I'm not sure. I have no idea. We're five years in and sometimes I'm still thinking, really? Should we be here? But see, the reason that I made the decision is this, and this is something that I learned a long time ago through 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 my own stupidity that God pulled me out of. See, I made the decision because I knew that even if everything fell apart, if it completely failed, that God was using it to put me in a position for where he needed me to be next. So I made the decision. So for you, how do you make a decision? Making a decision is easy. It's simple. Decide. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, but decide. I'm not saying be reckless, but you know the situation. You have an instinct inside you that's leading you one way or the other. So if you have a decision to make, then decide. If you want God to be in your decision, listen, there's only one thing you have to do. What is it? Decide. Because even when you make your choice, even when you make your decision, God is moving in it.
Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.